Are you listening? And welcome into another episode of the Damn Podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network and powered by BeaverBlitz.com. I'm your host, Carter Baines, joined as always by BeaverBlitz.com publisher Angie Machado here on this Monday, January 30th for a mailbag episode of the podcast as we gear up for the February signing day. We've already taken care of the early signing period and now the actual regular legitimate original signing period. OG signing day. On Wednesday, uh, we will have coverage of that at Beaver Blitz uh, as Oregon State signs mostly walk-ons in this period. Um, so we're not really going to fully preview it here today. We'll we'll cover it as it occurs. Um, but we do want to highlight some recruiting questions in this mailbag episode, along with questions about completing Research Stadium, uh, NIL, you name it, coaching staff, the roster. Uh, we're going to cover all sorts of stuff here today. We're also uh, going to introduce a new game at the end of this episode. I, I haven't run this past Angie, but um, we'll introduce it at the very end. If uh, We'll save time for it. We'll save time for it. I think it'll be fun to, uh, to kind of play this as the offseason progresses and uh, just give us a little bit more content here on the show. Uh, also want to mention, and again, another thing that I haven't had time to run by Angie yet, but uh, <laughs> I've, I've lined up a guest for one of our upcoming okay. episodes um, not going to reveal the name or the uh, the nature of the episode, but make sure you're sticking with the damn podcast over the next week or two as we bring this guest on. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be really entertaining. Uh, with that, Angie, welcome back to the show here on Monday, January 30th. We're getting ready to close out the first month of the year, which means it's a busy time for you as we re- as we cover a bunch of recruiting at the site. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's actually gotten a little better with that early signing period because that kind of has turned into my really busy, busy day. Um, But I've been reaching out to the the walk-ons and some of the transfers. So we'll have some some interesting content for Wednesday. I promise you that. Um, But yeah, it's and then baseball's right around the corner. I for for our baseball fans out there, I have spoken with JP and he is all on board um, for another season of weekly walk-offs. So. Um, if you are not familiar with B, uh, JP's weekly walk-offs, definitely something you want to you want to get into. So that is there. And I also just want to give a quick, Carter probably was going to say this, but I've been kind of crazy busy today and I haven't even tweeted out that today only we are running a flash sale, 75% off an annual subscription to Beaver Blitz. Like I said, today only, one day, $26.58 to get you an entire year of Beaver Blitz. So you don't want to miss it. And that gives you access to the VIP side of the site, which is where you'll be able to read JP's weekly walk-off when baseball season arrives, what, just two and a half short weeks from now. So it's coming up. Uh, We were down in Corvallis covering Baseball Media Day last week, and I think we have some more coverage from that coming up. I'm I'm contemplating putting a a story together for tomorrow. So um, if you haven't read the baseball stuff, uh, and it's because you don't have a VIP subscription to Beaver Blitz. Now is a great chance to do it. 75% off as we celebrate National Signing Day. 
Uh, Angie, anything else you want to promote or pump before we dive into the questions? Because there's a lot of them, so I want to take as much time as possible to to answer all of these. No, I think I think we really need to jump into the questions because um, oh, here's a here's a good question: Do you get VIP access to other schools as well? Uh, yes, you will be able to read. I don't believe you're able to comment um, on other schools' message boards, but you will be able to read VIP uh, stories and message boards across the 24 seven. Uh, family of networks. So um, it's money well spent, but with the VIP that you actually purchase to. So when you're at Beaver Blitz, you will get to post and read in the lodge. And that's where a lot of good discussion occurs, especially this time of year. Uh, conversation runs dry at times, but that uh, oftentimes that makes for the most entertaining conversations. So, <laughs> And then uh, OSU Prof, I, I don't think he gets enough play, but he is actually a professor at Oregon State. I've met him he dives in and does some amazing deep dive. And this is just volunteer. He's interested. Um, he's been once a week kind of doing a little piece looking historically at different positions. This week, it was about quarterbacks at Oregon State doing a in-depth stat breakdown, stuff you're not going to find anywhere else. So um, definitely worth your your time and, and gosh, under $27. Yeah, as much as I like to hype up Angie and myself, oftentimes some of the best content comes from the members themselves. So uh, yeah, shout out to OSU Prof for for putting together those rundowns. All right, Angie, we've uh, we've taken enough time. Yes, let's, let's jump, jump into, into questions. questions. And and as always, we start with the questions that come from the lodge at Beaver Blitz. Want to highlight our members there and answer their questions first. We'll get to the Twitter questions after our break, about halfway through. But we start, and again, I want to to start with some of the more recruiting based questions, because we do have national signing day coming up this week, we didn't get a ton of questions about the 2023 class, uh, but some about the 24 class and some about junior college and transfer portals. So uh, we'll emphasize those first and then move on to the non recruiting related questions. After we get through all of those, we start with one from RDU Beaver and Angie, I'll pose this to you with the 2023 recruiting calendar coming to an end. Who are your best bets to be Oregon State's headliner commit in the 2024 class? Oh, goodness. See, I, this is hard. I, I just had to jump over to, to Blitz here and look because I'm still kind of just finishing up 2023. So I, I can tell you everything about the 2023 kids. But if I had to name one player that I'm really going to watch, and, and I'm, I'm saying it right now, this is a long shot. I'm not saying this is going to happen. But I think there is enough of a relationship with the new running back coach um, on staff that I think Jason Brown out of Seattle O'Day High School, he is a high four-star already, class of 2024, um, the number 44 ranked national player. So this is just the tip of the iceberg for him. Um, and with Oregon State's success at running back, that would be my, I think if, if he were to commit, that would be a huge headliner for Oregon State. And um, it, it could be something that, you know, to watch down the stretch. I'm uh, responding in the in the YouTube chat. Uh, so I missed what you said there, Angie, but it, <laughs> I, I, I'll admit I wasn't listening. Did you say Luke Moga or did you say somebody else? I said Jason Brown. Okay. The running so, back from Washington. So Oregon State also offered 2024 quarterback Luke Moga, who is uh, one of the the hotter quarterback names uh, on the West Coast right now, picking up a lot of Pac-12 offers. Um, again, it's so early that I feel like we don't have a good read on a ton of these guys, but, um, that, that's one that caught my eye, at least as, as far as, you know, he, he enters with a, a lower rating. I think he's a, a low three-star in the, the 80 range. Um, but when you look at the offer sheet, that's a quarterback prospect that, uh, that I think Oregon state and a lot of other PAC 12, uh, programs are pretty high on. Yeah. And he did visit unofficially what, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago. 
um, a week ago. So he was here. Um, it caused a huge commotion on the lodge because those guys, there was a huge group from Arizona that made the trip up to check out Oregon and Oregon State. Initially, they only posted a picture together at that other school. I posted it and people freaked out, but um, he did finally tweet a picture of himself in beaver gear, but um, he's, he's one to watch. I, I think quarterback could be as far as a headliner might be a little tougher this season, just with DJ and then Aiden Childs, yeah. but um, definitely would, would be one to watch as well. And Oregon state's pretty much always going to take a quarterback every cycle. I mean, that's just, that's just the way they've done it. And, and with the transfer portal being what it is, you kind of have I mean, to, you kind of have to, because otherwise you're going to be relying on, um, on, on guys sticking it out when, when frankly, that's not really the norm. Um, okay. I, another question. This is a kind of a two-parter from RDU Beaver in the lodge. Angie, this one, I think we can, um, we can analyze a little bit more with given what we know right now. And that's which positions do you think will be emphasized in the 2024 class? You know, I think it's, it kind of sticks to say you always go for defensive line and offensive line. Those are always going to be a priority. Um, edge rush, I think, is always a, a, a priority. This In 2024, I think wide receiver will be a, a big priority for this team. I think running back has to be, um, just given that you don't know how long you will have. Jade, uh, Damian Martinez. Then I think you start looking at the positions they kind of like, like DB, defensive back. They're, they're trying to shore that up right now um, with some guys, but that those positions right there, you know, like I said, you start at the trenches and then work your way out. But I do think wide receiver is going to be a really big emphasis uh, for 2024 and um, DBs. Yeah. I, I think DBs as well. Just it's frankly, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of top heavy with the talent they have there, but the depth is a bit of a concern. And I think we have a question about that coming up, but um, a position where I, I'm looking for Oregon State to to find help in the transfer portal over the next year, year or two, but also uh, if if they can hit a home run with a, a guy or two in the 2024 class, I think that would go a long way in helping uh, kind of bolster that position after some of the departures we saw this offseason. Uh, okay, moving to the NIL side of recruiting, Mr. G. Gray asks in the lodge, do two, do the two NIL groups, Giant Killers and Damnation, have the same focus, or are they taking care of two different groups of student-athletes? Um, really similar but different. Um, so I know for a fact, I, I know the guys that started the Giant Killer NIL. I know they are working on, with baseball and football only, so their resources are going strictly to the baseball program and football. So baseball program will be helping because you have scholarship limits in baseball. So helping some of those guys that are walk-ons or have partials kind of get them up and, and keep them in Corvallis. Football is not paying for any freshmen or incoming players or transfers. It is taking care of the guys that are currently on, on campus. Um, in other words, it's not being used for inducement, inducement. whereas which is it's, technically it's illegal and yes. also is <laughs> There's so much illegal that much is happening. Everywhere. Yes. Um, Damnation is I, I haven't got a good read. Um, you know, I, I know it's, it is supporting the entire athletic department. So all sports, um, they, I, I don't know about like their take on incoming and inducement. It's illegal. So they would probably never admit to that. Um, but it is all sports. So you have the, you know, across the board. Um, I know that's the one that isn't kind of um, sponsored or endorsed by the athletic department. So um, they have the two main ones. From all, everything I've heard, they've both been bringing in money and, and doing well. So um, one's a little more grassroots than the other. But um, yeah, they, they kind of are doing different things, but also 
kind of the same as well. It, it's gotten to be wild, wild west, Carter, because I don't know if you follow, but these guys that are not, I mean, agents all of a sudden, and I say agents, if you're listening on the pod in air quotes, but this stuff has happened. I mean, the NC2A has to figure some things out because it's gotten to be completely out of control. Yeah, you can hire representation uh, as far as NIL goes. It's it's just when you know you get any questions of pay for play, that's when it becomes an issue. But and you uh, can't tell me these agents are right. reaching out. Yes, I mean that's yeah. that's where it gets a little sticky. Yeah, it it is absolutely still a slippery slope. Um, coaches across the country continue to to clamor for more enforcement and regulation. Frankly, I just don't think that we're ever, ever going to no, see it, that. No, the, the cat is out of the bag now. But the question that I keep having, and this is totally kind of off topic, but I'm really surprised we've made it this long without some major Title IX lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Because we already know that the football players or some basketball, men's basketball, are going to be getting the lion's share of this money. Some lawyer somewhere is going to, uh, you know, demand some Title IX and, and set some new ground rules. So I'm surprised that we've made it almost, what, a year and a half with, without more regulation. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what comes uh, in the But it's good ahead. for the players. I, I mean, I, I do totally. think overall this is so good for, for the student-athletes. Totally. Um, let's move on to a question from O-State30. Uh, at Beaver Blitz, who do you think will step up that was on last year's team? Maybe someone uh, who the development time of the offseason might lead them to a key role in 2023 that wasn't a huge contributor in 2022. So basically looking for a breakout candidate breakout. here. Um, I, I gave four candidates and Angie, I'll, I'll take this one first. Uh, o State 30 offered John Dunmore as one, and I oh, absolutely, absolutely think absolutely. I mean that's that's the home run pick here. I think John Dunmore steps in potentially to a starting role in the wide receiver room, caught a bunch of passes in the Las Vegas Bowl, and uh, and, and kind of showed off what he's capable of. Again, a, a former four-star, highly rated recruit uh, that went to Penn State out of high school, transfers into Oregon State, still young in his career. I, I think a little bit more development. Uh, will go out a long way and John Dunmore reaching his potential. But for me, it's it's the defensive side that presents a lot more of them because I, I think what you bring back on offense, you know what you're getting at the running back room. The offensive line is always solid. Tight ends, you know, pretty much everybody's coming back, not named Luke Musgrave. Um, so I look to the defensive side and at the DB spot, I think the combination of Jaden Robinson and Skylar Thomas is going to surprise some people this year. So depending on, you know, how they, they move guys around at positions, because we know they're going to have to a little bit uh, just to cover some of those holes. Jaden Robinson and Skylar Thomas, I think, are going to be competing for a starting job. Whoever wins that um, is is going to be deserving of it because both of those guys are high-end talents who have kind of been buried on the depth chart, just frankly, by really talented guys ahead of them. Um, so that's a, a position battle I'm really interested to watch in spring camp and and then again in August. Um, and then John Miller, at inside linebacker. I think with the departure of Omar Spates opening up another job uh, at inside linebacker, Easton Mascarenas Arnold and John Miller both, I think, are going to take huge leaps. Uh, but I know how high the coaching staff has been on John Miller and the fact that he's had what now like three, almost four years of development under his belt. Um, I, I think he's ready to, to not only step onto the two deep, but uh, potentially compete for a starting role. Uh, great. I, I can't argue too much. My, the very first thought I had two guys, an offense and defensive player. When I read that question, 
John Dunmore was my offensive player. And on defense, I had Easton Muscarinas. Um, I, you guys know, Carter knows, I thought he would be a starter this past year. Um, but then hats off to Kyrie Fisher, Fisher Morris, because he's the one that actually made the giant leap, I think, that we maybe didn't see coming. So um, I think Easton Muscarinas, but I, I do like the Jaden Robinson, Skylar Thomas. Jaden Robinson, if you remember, Carter, you and I thought had him pegged to be a starter two years ago, and then he injured his shoulder and was out the season. So um, expect. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we were talking about him potentially taking Rajon Wright's job yeah. like two years ago. Yeah, um, a, a guy who was at the very least on the two line of the depth chart uh, very early in his career, um, but then the injury and then you know was held out and then. Oregon State had some all-conference players at that position, got held back. But I think this is the year that we finally see him thrive. Yeah, agree. All right, uh, moving to the Reeser Stadium side of things, as we have uh, a few questions coming in about the project of completing Reeser Stadium. Uh, King 2013 asks, what effects for lighting or introductions have you guys heard about with the new lighting system in place next year? So Oregon State, uh, in, in case you haven't heard, moving to the LED side um, of, of lighting technology at Reeser Stadium next year. Uh, Washington needs on... to do that, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> it, it For one, it resolves the issue of your lights going out halfway through because you can turn them back on in about Not two wait seconds. For, yeah, a half an hour. Um, so, you know, no, nothing announced in Angie. I don't know if you've heard any rumblings of what they might do. Um, but I think similar to, you know, how they think, how they operate things at Gill Coliseum for basketball games, turn the lights off for introductions. Uh, you know, they used to flicker them a little bit too. Uh, I, I think you'll see that more and more schools across the country have installed LED lights. And um, from what I've seen, it, it makes for a pretty cool atmosphere as yeah. far as uh, introductions, you know, fourth quarter hype up songs. Uh, I'm honestly, that's one of the, the things that I'm more excited to see uh, in the new research stadium, even more so than some of the amenities that are coming with the West side. I just think that the fan experience that comes with new lighting and a new sound system uh, is going to be pretty impressive. Yeah. I mean, just watching some of the schools in the SEC, especially the Alabama the LSU that have it already. It does. I mean, you have the touchdown and it flashes and it, it'll be fun. What I'm not sure about is the multicolored ability. So, you know, obviously with LED lights, you're, you're going to get the, the bright, bright white. Um, but I know at some schools, um, they have implemented some of their team colors into the, the lighting scheme. And so I don't know if this is a multicolored LED system for Oregon State uh, or if they're just sticking with white. Because um, I think at Gill, uh, they are just the, the one static white color. Um, but yeah, well, that's that's kind of a wait and see thing. I, I have a feeling we won't really hear anything about that until August or maybe even yeah. September. Um, okay, question from What in the Blue Hell OSU. Would love to hear your very early Pac-12 power rankings. Uh, all I'm going to say to that is check back on the pod within the next couple of episodes. Um, there We have some plans there in place. Uh, Go Beavs 2, again at Beaver Blitz in the Lodge, asks... How much time can players spend at the facilities running routes, mimicking the playbook, etc.? Wondering if DJU is throwing to Silas Bolden, Anthony Gould, John Dunmore, etc. Uh, Angie, you actually reported a, a couple of weeks ago that DJ was on campus and hitting the practice field, so I'll let you answer that one. Yeah, so they are, um, they're, right now with the winter conditioning, they have certain time constraints on how often they can work out officially. And again, those are air quotes because you're not seeing me if you're not... Um, 
but they have no real requirements when they're just out doing their own thing. So I do know for a fact, I've heard from several sources that DJ, um, Aiden, Ben, the quarterbacks and the receivers have all been doing their, um, their workouts on their own, um, running routes, getting the playbook dialed in, heard, hearing some really good things just with the team chemistry still building and, and guys helping each other out and uh, looking to kind of, they, I mean, they, they, they ha- they're hungry. They want to take that next step and they, I think they feel that they can be a team that is in the discussion, at least for a Pac-12 title. One thing, Angie, that you and I have heard over the last couple of years as the culture has kind of developed a little bit at Oregon State is that uh, th- this program and, and the team and, and the leadership has returned to kind of the level that we saw in the early 2010s where guys were you know, just actively going out and working out together and and hitting the weight room after games and, and things like that, taking it upon themselves to develop and, and build chemistry, which is, um, which is, frankly is something that was lacking for a few years. Um, it's, it's that competitive drive too, right? They, right. they see their teammates are like, well, shoot, he's out lifting weights on a Sunday morning, or he's out running sand at the sand volleyball courts. I, I don't want to miss out. So they all start joining and, um, you know, it's, it's that competitiveness that you, you have to love to see it. Coaches cannot be there for those, for those times. But, um, again, it also builds some camaraderie when you're out working just with your teammates, trying to, to grind and get better. I want to go back and answer a couple more research stadium related questions. Cause, um, in, in hindsight, I, I should have grouped all of these together in our little rundown here, uh, but I think a lot of them work off of each other. And so let's go to the question from Black is Back 10, who asks, how do we make research as loud as it can possibly be? Um, my, my answer to that, simple, buy tickets and to <laughs> and be loud, <laughs> be loud uh, but also get the students in there because yeah. that's one thing over the last probably I'd say two years, ever since... Um, fans were allowed back in the stadium after COVID we have seen Oregon state student turnout go through the roof and enrollment is up. Uh, there are more students, they're winning more games. So, you know, fan interest is higher, uh, but the engagement from the students who have been there, I mean, the student section has been filling up an hour before kickoff and they've been sticking around to the fourth quarter. And neither of those two things were true when I started covering this program back in 2018. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think back to even then further when I was a student at Oregon State and how the program was horrible. Those were the Jerry Pettibone years. Um, I was one. I love football, so I was always at the game. But to see the students, and I think I think that actually feeds the other fans, the, the older fans, the alumni, because if the students are, are jazzed up. But I also think that, you know, Sarah Elcano and, and the game day ops crew has done a really good job with you know, I know some of the, some fans don't like the Miley Cyrus party in the USA. Fans or the kids love How it. How can you not though? I don't after, know. I love it. After it's, what happened in late November. Yes. yes. I, it's, I mean, the whole crowd singing, it's, it's totally, I mean, so uh, I know we have a lot of discussions in the lodge about how to make, you know, research, you know, more fun, more, sometimes it just has to be an organic thing like that, that the, the students love it. I mean, Wisconsin's jump around wasn't something that just, you know, some AD administrator said, this is what, you know, it, it's organically kind of come about. So um, some stuff like that is huge, but yeah, those students, they're like running as soon as the gates open. It's, it, it's kind of like high school games now in some of these areas that the students want to get there and get their spots. That's what's going to help drive more fan engagement. But also, like you said, it comes down to buying tickets and being loud. Totally. Butts I mean, in seats a third of the new research stadium capacity is going to be students, which I think is 
100% automatically going to raise the volume on third downs and you know it, it's going to make the atmosphere even that much better um, also the fact that the new west side is built taller that will trap more sound um, and I think it will be really imposing right on top of that visitor sideline yeah. so I think just the new construction will help um, but from a fan perspective all I can say is buy tickets show up and be loud that's all you can do and I think the rest will kind of take care of itself uh, Reeser was pretty loud last year, even in a reduced capacity with fans on one side. So yeah, I mean, look at we have look seen at the, the home field advantage is already there. Yeah, I think it's only yeah. going to get better next year. Yeah, absolutely. All right, couple more Reeser related questions. This one comes from Reeser Beav twenty three. Next fall, do you think Beaver Nation will be happy with the new and improved Reeser Stadium and all of the improvements? Um, largely, yes, and. It should be. I mean, <laughs> the fan base should be absolutely fired up about this. I, I think they're going to love the fact that there's not a bad seat in the stadium anymore. Um, you know, being on top of the field, even when you're up in that 300, 400 level is going to be really cool. Um, but Angie, if there's anything you and I have learned, it's that this fan base, uh, they like to nitpick. And, and you know, for good reason. Don't settle for anything short of perfection. But um, I, I think there will be complaints even with oh, how completely. impressive this state of the art stadium is going to be. Completely. It's it just the, the nature of the beast. And, um, you know, there'll be, there'll be some people that complain or don't like certain things. And, um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't know, Carter, did you ever, you, you watched games over on that old East side? Yeah. Sat in the little cold metal bleachers. I mean, anything is, you know, and, and getting it done. I, I, the people are already complaining that it's not mirrored the other side. And, um, I think it's going to look just fine. Yeah, I, I would task you with finding a stadium out there that has been built within the last 10 to 15 years that is mirrored. I mean, that's just yeah. that's just not the way things are going right now. Um, it's it's all about building, you know, a, a solid fan experience, open concourses, being on top of the field. Um, and, and with that, you know, modernizing stadiums, oftentimes you're not going to have a mirror image on both yeah. sides. Um as cool as that would look, I just, I don't think that's realistic for a variety of reasons. Uh, it's kind of a, a three-part question. I only feel like we have time to answer yeah. two from Reeser B of 23. Um, and part two is besides the playing surface replacer at Reeser Stadium, what's the next project OSU will tackle in the stadium? One thing that I know they have in the cards is, uh, is putting video boards on the West side. And originally we heard that that would be, you know, like, kind of screens that they could actually show action on. Um, but then I, I believe it was revised to be ribbon boards. So I'm not entirely sure where that stands now. Angie, maybe you uh, have I have not. I have not got confirmation. I, I would assume there'll be ribbon boards yeah. just because that's what is on the other side now. So um, it'll be interesting to see. I, I My guess is ribbon boards on that. Yeah. Uh, but at, at the very least, we do know that video boards in some capacity will be coming to the west side. Angie, anything else that you have heard as far as uh, completing Research Stadium and, and what the next steps might look after West Grandstand is is finished? No, I mean, I think, I think obviously, when you start looking at the whole athletic department, Gill is kind of the next yeah. big albatross. But um, no, I think, I mean, they're already doing the, you know, the officials locker rooms in this, you know, with or the uh, visiting team locker rooms. Um, it'll just be a way nicer experience even. Think about, they won't be having to close down, you know, the, the walkway there, the driveway to Gill to let the other team cross, you know, across so much cleaner, so much easier, better. Clint Moses in the YouTube chat says the terrace needs an, up, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> an upper deck. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think it would be cool to see that uh, that north end zone expanded a little bit. Now, yeah. they're limited in what they can do because it's built onto the Valley Football Center. And, you know, you can't really build onto the roof, per se, as it currently stands. But um, I, I think moving forward, you know, expanding seating there or, or maybe putting a video board on that side, even, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know what they would do. But um, it, it does feel like if they were going to add on or change anything to research moving forward, um addressing the north end zone and, and adding something there feels like a logical next yeah and step. i and i have heard some rumblings of and nothing huge but some updates some more updates to the the locker room the oregon state home locker locker room so um that might be something we see kind of the next phase as well as far as other facilities is concerned i have heard that there is momentum uh building behind the project of adding a batting cage behind center field yes. of goss stadium uh, which obviously is is great. I mean, you know, anytime Oregon State can invest in the the baseball program, you know, that's that's a welcome sight because obviously that is one of the athletic department's most successful department or uh, programs. Um, I, I want to see more seating added to Goss. I, I think the demand is there, and I think they could reasonably do it. So I'm curious to see if they would consider adding some permanent seating to the outfield with this project of, of adding the batting cages. But again, it's, it's still so early on that, uh, that I haven't heard any plans there, but I do know that momentum behind that project is, is growing. Um, Angie, let's do, let's do one or two more from the lodge before we move over to Twitter. Uh, let's start with, how about this one from L.S. Thomas? How big will the drop-off be in our secondary? Um, and do you want to, why don't you go first and then I'll give my thoughts. I think that, I think we will have some, I, we will see a drop-off just because you can't lose um, two all-conference corners. And and then, you know, I look at, I mean, Rajon was stellar, but I look at Alex Austin, who was a four-year starter. Um, I, I just don't see how you don't have some drop-off there. I don't think it'll be as big. As, as some people are worried about, but then you have to look at maybe the safety side, getting Alton Julian back is going to be huge. So um, it will be big. And I, I worry even maybe more about the leadership losing Jaden Grant, just because he was such a great leader of that back end. But um, I, I don't think it's going to be um, a night and day difference. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think the, the drop-off will be slightly noticeable at corner. Uh, I assume that Ryan Cooper Jr. will move over to one of the corner spots. And he actually proved, in my opinion, that he has the potential to be even better, if not, you know, as good, if not better than Alex Austin and Rajon Wright. Um, still has a couple years of eligibility there. Or, no, sorry, he has one, one more, one more. Um, year of eligibility. And I, I think he will break out there as he moves into to a more uh, prominent role in, in the secondary, moving out of the nickel spot. Um, but then, you know, I, I think like you said, getting Alton Julian back at safety, how much you can expect of him after a, a pretty lengthy absence with injury, I don't know. Uh, but if he does live up to the level that he was at when he did get hurt, um, I, I don't think you'll see any drop off at all at the safety position, especially with Catano Ladapo coming back. Uh, but for me, it, it comes down to the depth. So I, I think this is a good question to ask after maybe an injury or two with, you know, you know, fingers crossed that everybody stays healthy. But um, if there is an injury or two in that room, that is when I have real concerns about the secondary dropping off in a big way. And that's, you know, I I know that Oregon State will look to address this further with the portal. They do have the um, Tyrese Ivy coming in um, from the junior college ranks. 
and the portal is going to be big, but I really feel that they, I don't want to say failed, but they didn't, they kind of struck out, oh, they struck out on the guys they were going after from the portal this off season. So that is going to be a big area this spring when the portal opens up again is, is getting some guys with some experience to, to help bolster that depth. All right. Our last question from the lodge, uh, we go to Matt Chiafoni who always asks just the most insightful questions. And this is a fun one uh, that we can use as kind of our transition here. So uh, Angie, putting you on the spot, cause I don't know if you had time to, to go through all of these different categories here and pick them out. Uh, but this is a thought provoking question from Matt. So you have to pick an OSU coach, football, or, or any other sport to do the following with. Which coach would be the best to, and number one, have as a roommate? Huh. I, I can go first if you, you want to. You go first, because I'm think thinking. Okay, so so my pick, and again, this is across all sports. I'm going with Darwin Barney from baseball. Uh, somebody who I know is very active in the the clubhouse, uh, a great chemistry guy and, and plays a lot of ping pong with the guys. Um, so I, you know, as a roommate, you want to have somebody who you can have some fun with. And I think the ping pong battles between myself and Darwin Barney would be, um, would, would be must see. Uh, I also think that, you know, just from the perspective of, of somebody who's very intelligent, um, somebody who I think would be easy to get along with Darwin Barney strikes me as all of those things. And, um, selfishly really enjoyed watching him when he played at Oregon state and was winning gold gloves in, in the major leagues. So, uh, Darwin Barney would be my coach or my, my pick, uh, as an Oregon state coach to have as a roommate. Goodness gracious. This is hard. You bring up some good points. So, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of, we can move on to the next one. No, if, I, so I, I'm just thinking, yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot of different ways you could go. Cause I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, Darwin would be fun. I think, I think Wayne Tinkle would be like, but I'm going to save that one because I think that's a, a better one for, you know, I blue Adams would be fun mm-hmm. just cause he's, I mean, the stories would be legendary. Um, but you're right. Cause a roommate, I don't know, because I don't know if they're dirty, if they're clean, if they're, I, you know what I kind of want to say And this, I don't think he'd be super fun, but he would stay out of my way. He would stay in his room and watch film all day. I know where, where you're going? going with this. Trent yeah. Bray. Yeah. <laughs> Because, I was going to say it's either Trent Bray or Jonathan Smith, just because you have a feeling that they're probably yeah, neither like, one seems super fun. Uh, I mean, I don't mean that in a bad way, but no, Jonathan or uh, Trent Bray, I think would just, I think he'd be watching film all the time. I, I don't think he, I don't think he'd make, make big messes. Mm-hmm. I think he'd just kind of like go off and do his own thing, but it wouldn't be a fun roommate. Yeah. If, if you don't mind just kind of doing your own thing, I, I think that'd be great. Okay. Um, okay. But here's another one. Cause I don't know if you follow him on social media, but JMO, Jalen Moore, former Oregon state DB. He also cooks. He loves to cook. And he always has JMO on the stove and he like puts together meals for the guys each Sunday that they can buy. So, okay. I'm going with JMO. JMO is my roommate because he's going to feed me really, really well. There you go. Great pick. Actually, you know, I, I think that that is an underrated element of this. Um, oh, actually, okay. Here's one from from the YouTube chat that I'll throw in here. I, I love the engagement. Eric says, "I'm going with Mitch Can. I'm super laid back and a workaholic. It would be like living on my own for half price." Uh, yeah, see, that's pick. what I'm thinking about Trent Bray. Like, you just wouldn't see him. Totally. But totally. But I, I do like the element of I'm going not having to cook a lot because yes. I mean, who has who has time for that? Jamo's so making me Jaylen some more. French fries and some of his healthy whatever he makes. I don't know. It looks amazing. All right. 
next one, and this is kind of related. Uh, who would you have over for a barbecue? Oh, you and I totally are going to the same one. Yeah, we're 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 on the same page. If Dennis here, Erickson was here, he would win hands down, but he's not. So Carter and I both pick Wayne Tinkle. I mean, like, I think this one's pretty self-explanatory dude, for anyone who yeah. who knows Wayne Tinkle's personality. Um, absolutely, somebody who would you you would just love to sit down and have a beer with, eat a burger or two. Um, no question, no question about it. This was it, an easy one. Think back to Carter. I think you were on the call too when they got to the Elite Eight and we or to the to the tournament, and they arranged for us to do a quick Zoom call with him. And most of the time, the coaches are still pretty buttoned up on Zoom, and they're they try to have a nice backdrop and good lighting. No, Tinkle was exhausted. He was in his room lounging on his chair, like like double chins, like there, and he didn't care. It's like whatever. He like he was tired, and he just did his thing and told us stories. Tinkle would be fun. Totally. Completely agree there. Uh, we have two more to pick from. This is, this is an awesome question, Matt. If you have questions like this, please send them our way because this is what makes my <laughs> episode fun. Um, so number three of four, who would you, uh, which coach is the best to have solve a puzzle with your life on the line? I want to go first because I feel like my reasoning behind this is, is rock solid. So, I'm picking Brian Lindgren to solve a puzzle with my life on the line because I don't think people understand how difficult it is to design an offense. Like designing a football offense has to be one of the tougher things you can do in coaching because it's about knowing how to put your guys in positions to be successful, but also deceiving the other team and matching up to their strengths. Like there is so much that goes into that. And Brian Lindgren is a pretty darn good offensive coordinator um absolutely if 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 i had to pick somebody to solve a puzzle it's going to be the guy who is designing plays and and figuring out how to put all of these different position players into positions to be successful okay i'm gonna take that because i okay that that's fair but i'm going this is where i'm going with trent bray i was gonna say you're just gonna go to the defensive because side because <laughs> i'm sorry Brian Lindgren's done fine with his offense for, you know, but um, I'm, I'm sorry. Did you see what happened to the Oregon State defense when you had a better puzzle putter together put in place? That's very true. So um, I, I, I thought about that too. Jim Holacek would be a good one too. Mm-hmm. Cause I think he'd be very thoughtful in that. Just cause he's, other... he's extremely intelligent, intelligent. But if my life is on the line and I need a MacGyver to get me out, I'm going Trent, Trent Bray like a billion percent there. That's where Trent fits. He's going to save my life. I love it. But we're, we're kind of coming from the same place here. Yes. Of, of no, football exactly. Coordinators, yes. Like, you know, they're just tinkering with things all the time. It'd, it'd be perfect. Jonathan all right, Smith the last might be one. a good one too. He might be yeah, a good one. Too. That's, that's true. I mean, he is like a general manager. I mean, he's, yes. he's not necessarily designing these things, but he's like managing everything, which is, is equally difficult. All you right. The I last t- one, I, you know who I wouldn't have Tim. Tim. <laughs> okay this is this is an akron football podcast um all right the last one who uh which coach would you like to listen to their music for the rest of your life and actually it's who would you have to listen to their music for the rest of your life uh so this answer would have been a little bit easier if oregon state still had their playlists up i think at one point they released on spotify or youtube um coaches music playlists now I'll, i'll give some insight here if you're on the practice field, 
during spring or fall. There's some good playlists and there's some bad playlists. Totally. So (laughs) every fall there is one day of camp and, and it's without fail the last like four years now. It's the disco day. Oh, disco. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm really curious to know who is picking that because I assume that all of the coaches kind of have a playlist and they rotate through them. Um, I, I want to know who that is. That that would be like my last pick. Um, I don't know. This is tough just because, like I said, I don't know which coach is picking which playlist on which day. And I wish yeah. we still had access to that. Um, I, I've got, I, yeah, I'm that, lost the, on this one. The disco one's bad. And then there's somebody that likes like heavy metal and that's mm-hmm. not, that I w- I'd have to boot them off my music listening island. You know what I like. I like my nine my late nineties, early two thousands. You know, give me some Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, and and I'm a happy kid. So okay, let's, Blue, let's guess. Blue yeah, I, I was gonna say let's guess who who that could be. I was gonna say Blue for sure. I mean, Blue Adams strikes yeah, me as, as Blue the type, might have but... some. I could see Blue having some like new school hip hop in there too. Yeah, or total rap. I can't do like super hardcore rap. Any playlist that has Drake on it, Angie is automatically out. No, thank you. No, nope. Don't give me Drake. Little Uzi Vert, I can handle a little bit. I mean, there's some there's some new school guys I can handle a little bit, but not Drake. I think Drake is monotone and boring. Look well, at that. I hate Shot, more disagree. shots fired, Eric. I'm just <laughs> shooting shots left and right on these fun questions. I, I hate to disappoint that uh, we're we're leaving this this four part question on on kind of a cliffhanger. Um, I, I just don't have a good answer for it, but I feel like the three that I gave before are like rock song. No, I still yeah, JMO for my roommate. Bring it on. I'm eating good, Carter. You might not. <laughs> I don't know. Can Darwin Barney cook? I don't know. I have no idea. All right. We got to take a break. We're going to come back and answer some Twitter questions. But first, Angie, let's again remind everybody that we do have a 75% off deal at Beaver Blitz extremely limited time offer here as we celebrate national signing day, which is coming up on Wednesday. Uh, Angie, this is a $26 uh, offer right now. So for $26 and 58 cents, you can get a year of Beaver Blitz. That's access to the lodge, access to all of our VIP content, recruiting baseball. Oftentimes that's what you see behind the paywall, Uh, but then also the ability to go read other sites along the 24 seven sports network as well. Uh, it's it's a great deal, Angie, and and one that I know you're excited about as well. Yeah, and, and this is something that doesn't come along very often. It's usually around Black Friday, usually like right now, and then maybe one day, two days right around fall camp. So it's not something we see a lot of. And I know it's the, the quote-unquote off-season, but with baseball, you know, with Oregon State, you don't want to miss the baseball coverage. Like I said, you will not find anything as in-depth as JP's coverage and Carter's coverage from baseball. And then, gosh, we're going to be jumping into spring camp here before you know it. So lots of excitement with spring camp. And uh, definitely, you don't want to miss out. It was $2.24 a month, Carter. You and I spend more when we go to Starbucks on our iced coffee. It's a great deal. That Irish cream cold brew. Yeah. I oh, mean, so good. If I could trade that for a Beaver Blitz subscription, uh, I, I would. And that's saying a lot. So uh, there you have it. Beaver Blitz, 75% off, extremely Today only, Monday. Offer. Today only, take advantage of it. We move now to Twitter to answer more listener questions. Uh, we've got probably 10 to 15 minutes worth of those coming up, and then we'll close with a game that I like to call Name That Beave. Uh, but first, we start 
with another recruiting question, and we're going to bring the recruiting ones to the top again uh, as we are two days away from National Signing Day. And Pat Beaverman asks, will any players from the transfer portal or JUCO grads be visiting before spring, or do you think they will hold tight until they assess spring ball? No, they'll be bringing guys in. Um, probably not any transfer portal guys quite yet, just because the portal hasn't opened again. So they've kind of done their recruiting pitch for the guys that were in the portal. Um, they will be looking though. I mean, right now there's not any space per se, um, scholarship space. So spring ball will be important. Guys can kind of have their last shot to try to earn some playing time, but, uh, they, they can be, I, I expect another handful of guys to enter the portal here after spring and another handful of guys to enter after spring. Yeah, lots of visits going on right now, too. I mean, we just talked about some of the unofficials that Oregon State has hosted recently. It's um, mostly so, unofficials going yeah. on right now, to be honest. So it's it really has changed, Carter, from you know this being total walk-on time. And there, there are some of those as well. But this is a big time for twenty, like the seven-on teams to be visiting. So we're, we're seeing 2024, 25, and 26 prospects all unofficially visiting campus. Uh, Happy Beaver on Twitter asks a, a question that we kind of already answered earlier, uh, just asking for the rundown on 2024 recruiting, uh, what they should be paying attention to in that class. Uh, again, I think more right now we're focused on kind of the positions that Oregon State might target. We have seen a few offers go out, but it's still, again, very early on in that process as we're what? 11 months away from from the early signing period of the 24 class a lot of oregon state's commitments on the early side in 23 came uh around spring ball um, mm -hmm. i believe there was one or two in the winter but uh, most of them again you know around the february march start of, of camp yeah and, and what you're gonna see the guys that are getting offers right now are the cream of the crop top a prospects i mean these are the guys that are getting offers from everybody um and these are if, if, if Oregon State is to get a commitment from any of the guys they've offered over the past couple months, they are are good, and you'll be excited about them. As then, as we start seeing more evaluation take place, more visits taking place, more offers going out, they start. Typically, I say guys are A category recruits or like the top prospects. The guys that are offered early through about July, August, July typically, because they'll bring in a lot of guys in June for visits. Um, so if, if a guy has an offer before July, they're like A-list guys. Then you start going into the guys that get a little more evaluation heading into fall camp into their first couple games as a, as a senior. Those guys are kind of the A-minus guys. They're still getting a lot of attention. Um, a lot of them just little later bloomers. I, I call them B-list guys, the guys that kind of get offers like right before signing day. Like those guys getting offers in – December prep guys, those are more, more, uh, um, developmental players. Yeah. It comes down to, again, the exposure of it all too. I mean, you'll see a lot of camps in the spring where guys will get noticed. Um, some guys even, you know, they'll, they'll wait until next fall when they have their senior season and, and some guys will pop. So, um, just because there's not a whole lot going on now, doesn't necessarily mean that the 2024 class is off to a slow start or anything. I mean, Oregon yeah. state, uh, has proven to be pretty good at developing or uh, excuse me, at, at uh, noticing talent um, and, and finding kind of those diamonds in the rough guys that, um, you know, 24 seven might rate a little higher than some of the other sites. 
um, which I think is indicative indicative of Oregon State finding some of the guys who fly under the radar. So yeah, I mean, I think of like a JoJo Johnson in this class. Yeah. Little he's he's more of a development guy. He's going to be a guy that needs a year or two to, to kind of learn the system. Whereas those guys that were brought in, you know, committed early, Cooper Jensen or or Aiden Childs, those guys are are the kind of the cream of the crop and and could potentially come in and, and compete right away. All right, let's move now to uh, some non-recruiting questions from Twitter. PM asks, is it fair to say losing Omar Spates to get Olu Omatosho, DJ Uyunglele, and uh, Jermaine Terry was a necessary trade-off? I'm okay with losing Spates if it means that this Beaver team improves drastically in the pass rush and offensive production. So um, I I think it's a good question, PM. And I'll say this, I I think the wording of it, like, I, I don't necessarily know that it was... I, I think the necessary trade-off element of it is is what I take a little bit of exception to because with none of them playing inside linebacker where Omar Spates played, I don't think it was necessary. Um, and the three, the three scholarships for one isn't necessarily a trade-off in, in my opinion either. But I do agree with the premise of the question that the addition of talent does kind of minimize the effect of losing Spates. So like I get where the question's coming from. And, and if we're answering it from that perspective... I think all in all, Oregon State did upgrade its talent this year. Um, losing but I'm, I'm looking is... at it. I'm looking at it. So I think Terry and um, oh, JT Byrne, that was a flop. Mm-hmm. That was a flip-flop. And they, I mean, literally, they both, one went to Cal, one came Essentially from Cal. Essentially a trade. Um, DJ is, is a um, trade at quarterback. No, I, I don't think it... I, I don't think it's um, I'm not okay losing Spates because he was going to come or he was going to stay. He is such a, a force in the middle. Um, I don't think it, I, I think that's a, a great coping tool, to say, but um, no, I don't necessarily. I mean, I agree with Carter. None, none of them play inside linebacker. So it's kind of hard to, to mitigate that. Um, and the other you know, two of those guys are offense. So, I'm excited to see what Olu can do as a pass rusher and, and some of the guys they brought in, but no, losing Spates was, was big. There's, there's kind of no sugarcoating that. Yeah. I, I think again, just the fact that you kind of have to compare these at the positions that they occurred at. Right. Cause you know, like comparing the addition of DJU to the loss of Omar Spates to me, that doesn't really translate. Um, DJ, like, look at USC for an example. Like, USC can bring in all the the offensive firepower in the world via the transfer portal, not play any defense, and not live up to its its goals and expectations. Okay, um, so he, I, he's I, clarifying. He's listening live. Oh, he says, like, shout he out, shout out to the emperor. Yes, <laughs> I'll throw the yeah. Here's the clarification up on the screen now. If you're watching live on YouTube, I think I meant in terms of NIL money, assuming Spades left because of that. From that perspective, oh, here we go, which could be a bad assumption, <laughs> PM. <laughs> I love the real-time clarification. Yes, uh, yes. Okay, so if, if you're talking about maybe the, the resources that go into keeping these guys on campus, sure, it's probably a wash because, you know, DJ is is going to be commanding a, you know, a, a decent, quote-unquote, paycheck to, you know, to, to keep in Corvallis. I, I don't know. You know, with a lot of this, it's, we don't know the figures yeah. financially. We don't know, you know, all of the decision process. So I think it's difficult to compare. Again, I would, I would compare more 
guys who are on that specific side of the ball or guys who play that specific position. And frankly, Oregon State just didn't add anybody to the inside linebacker room. Um, Olu Omotosho at, at outside linebacker is the closest thing. They add, get, added to Faga. They added Mason to Faga. That's true. That's true. Um, but again, somebody who yeah. hasn't even played at the collegiate level. Yeah. So uh, a big question mark there. Um, I, I think if you want to use it as a coping mechanism, I, I think it's okay more than Angie, maybe. Um, I, I think Oregon State upgraded talent-wise just what it brought in in the transfer portal. It, it filled a lot of holes. But so, so PM, I see you say that, yeah, it was a shock. It was a shock, um, I think, to everybody, including the coaching staff, because all along Omar was was coming to or- or saying at Oregon State. So I remember I was in the airport trying to fly to Mexico when I got the call that he was actually – potentially because he'd had this agent working back deals and somehow in his ear saying it wasn't even a money issue. It was a a fact that he had sec schools saying that he needed to get the exposure of playing in the sec. So um, that's where the shock was, I think is, is that it came down to that, but you know what, honestly, he gave four years. I may, you know, best of luck to him. I do again, like the premise of the question though, PM it's, it's thought provoking at the very least. Um, All right. (laughs) <laughs> I, I want I wanted to get this question in here because it's it's a good one, but maybe we just make a whole episode out of it. Okay. Uh, I don't know that we have time to answer it in depth from Tyler. Uh, how do you view the current strength of each position on the roster after all the pieces moving around in the portal? Oh yeah, that's um, a, that's a whole other episode. Are. Yeah, I'll just I, I'll give you a quick brief rundown and then we'll move on to the next one. I think Oregon State's stronger at quarterback. I think they broke even at running back. Really, no moves there. Slightly weaker at wide receiver, slightly stronger at tight end, even on the offensive and defensive lines, stronger at outside linebacker, weaker at inside linebacker, weaker at defensive back, about even at special teams and slightly stronger on the coaching staff. But um, maybe a a discussion that we can have a little bit more in depth in another episode. Uh, Okay, two more questions here really quick, and then we'll play a quick game. Oregon Predict asks outside linebacker, Outside linebacker is stacked once again. Do you think uh, Matthias Milwaukee Donaldson sees time this coming season? I've got him on my projected two yeah. deep, but like yeah. there's like 12 guys on my two deep at that position. I know it's, I mean, there's so many guys. It's just going to be a matter of who steps up. Yeah. Yeah. At, at this point I say, I need to see the outside linebacker position in camp before I can make any, uh, any projections on who plays. Cause I think McCartan Chatfield, um, I guess sharp moving to tight end opens up some room, but still, I mean, you know, adding Omatosho, like there is just so much talent there um, that it's going to be tough for one particular guy to see a ton of playing time. Um, And then the last question from Twitter, we finally have a basketball question. I like it. uh, Max Casa asks, who is a potential game changer OSU men's basketball recruit for next year? Uh, My answer right now, the recruiting class is still pretty small. Um, but Gavin Mars is somebody that I'm excited about. 6'11", 200, um, a power forward center from Ellensburg, Washington. 24-7 has him as the number four player in Washington. Uh, the offer sheet, not the most impressive thing in the world, has offers from Wyoming, Cal Poly, Lehigh, and Portland, but did sign with the Beavers uh, back in the fall. I, I just think he's a good athlete who can stretch a defense, which is really important nowadays in, in basketball you know, Oregon state, these big guys, we don't necessarily see them as, uh, as versatile players. Think the Rodrigue Andela type, uh, Roman Silva, who kind of just sit in the post as a, a more traditional big man. 
Gavin Mars is, is somebody who can stretch a defense. He can handle the ball a little, a little bit. If you watch his film, he's the kind of guy who will steal something at the perimeter and then take it the other way, go coast to coast and, and throw it down. So um, that level of athlete, I think, is something that Oregon State hasn't had a whole lot of. And I think that's why I'm kind of excited about him. Awesome. All right. Couple minutes left, and Angie hey. saved just the perfect amount of time to play this new game that I call "Name That Beef." Hey. I want to add this to as many shows this okay. uh, this off season as possible as kind of a little little brain teaser. So, I'm putting you on the spot here in this first round, and I'll explain the rules. So, I'm going to pick a random Oregon State student athlete, it could be current or former, but I'll limit hey. it to student athletes, not coaches or anything like that. Hey. You can then ask yes or no questions to narrow it down. So, for example, you can ask, is this a basketball player? Okay. Uh, did they spend four years on campus? Are they playing professionally? Those kinds of things okay. um, to narrow it down. And the goal is for you to be able to guess the student athlete correctly with as few questions as possible. Okay. And I'll, I'll keep track of how many it takes you. Okay. Um, I, I see you getting your, your pen okay. and paper out. Um, take really as much time as you here. need. I can I can fill the time if if we need to. Um, but oh, I've, these I've kind of games, I just in... I just start throwing. I just I'm like rapid fire. So um, okay. I've got my student right. athlete in mind. Fire away, Angie. Best of luck to you in the first edition of Name That Beef. Okay, is this player current player? This is or a current. this is a former player. So yes, okay, former yes. Um, did this player play football? They did, in fact, play football. Okay. Have or uh, um, did they play within the last ten years? They did play within the last ten years. Uh, hopefully, everybody listening along is is kind of okay. Is, is, is kind of have they playing played along with us here in the last five years? Not within the last five years. So. Does this player air here? We're on we're on question number five here. Does this player play professionally? Currently or ever? Currently. Oh wait, no. I have to ask yes or no. Does yeah. this player play professional football now? They do not currently play professional football. Did they play professional NFL football? They have not played NFL football. Have they played CFL football? No. Did this player play offense at Oregon State? Yes. Did this player play quarterback at Oregon State? No. Did this That's player question play number eight. wide receiver at Oregon State? No. Did this player play running back at Oregon State? Yes, this was a running back. We have come up on 10 questions now, Angie. Are you, are you ready to, to, yes. to, to guess away? She has a guest coming here after 10 questions. Is this player Teron Ward? Is not Teron Ward. Teron Ward did play in the NFL. Carter. <laughs> um, okay, run. Trying to think. 
So we've narrowed it down to within the last 10 20. years, but not within the last five. Five. Uh, so running 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I need, I need a, I need a, where's my, my old media guide? I won't count that as cheating. <laughs> okay. I won't look, but I'm, okay, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, I'm thinking. We have questions coming in the YouTube chat. Chris oh. Brown, Adley Rutschman. I will say that neither of these are correct. Oh goodness. But Chris Brown is a great guest. That is a good guest. I loved Chris Brown. He was awesome. I think that fits in the timeline if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's great. Um, okay. Was this, did this player, was he a starting player? Yes, this okay. was a starting player. At, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> she knows Storm it. Woods. She knows it. What? Storm, Storm Woods. It is Storm Woo! Woods. <laughs> Michael Paolo in the chat actually at the exact same time oh, as you that, guessed that. Storm Woods. Love Storm. Storm 11... was, is such okay. a good dude. So I'll, I'll say this. We're, we're starting We're starting here okay. with 11 questions. That's the baseline moving okay. forward. Um, those are great questions. I feel like you narrowed it down really well. It was just a matter of figuring out which running back over that okay. five years. Okay, span. I'm going to make a new rule, though, because I'm the boss and I can do this. Okay. <laughs> it has to be a football student athlete. Okay. I, we're yeah, not I, I can do that all because you're going to go to some obscure someday. And I, I don't, I'm going to be flat out honest. I don't know women's basketball or soccer or, or even men's basketball as well as I should. So football, football only. That's fair. I, I figured I, I was starting out with a somewhat easy one because this is this kind of in your wheelhouse, you know, the yeah. early 2000s football, I figured you'd be on top of it. Um, Stormwoods. That's, yep. that's the answer there. Running back. Uh, I'm last sorry, Teron. I totally, right when I said Teron Ward, I was like, no, he played in the NFL. And I knew that, but you know, I start, I start rapid fire and then I can't stop. Yeah. Uh, a quick bio on Storm Woods then as we close out this show. 39 career starts at Oregon State, seven 100-yard games, uh, finished his career with 2,674 rushing yards, which ranks as the fifth leading rusher in Oregon State history at the time. Um, he also had 123 receptions, which was the third most by a running back in Oregon State history. Uh, a very, very underrated player in terms of Oregon State's Mount Rushmore of running backs. He's not in the top four. He's not on the Mount Rushmore. Um, but he's he's an honorable mention that that I don't think many people will give a whole lot of credit to. Um, accumulated a lot of those numbers just by nature of being at Oregon State for so long. But um, a personal favorite of mine. And Angie, I, I know that you were a big Stormwoods fan at one point. Lugerville. Well. Lugerville, hi. There you have it. The first edition of Name That Beave, Angie Gets Stormwoods after 11 questions. We're going to follow it up. Or we're going to play more rounds of this because I, I, I thought it would be a fun exercise to go through uh, when we needed to fill time. But we have come up on an hour, so we're going to end it there. Thanks to everyone uh, at Beaver Blitz and on Twitter for chiming in with your questions. We're going to do another mailbag before too long. Um, I, I think we'll probably do a, a signing day recap episode either later in the week or next Monday. Um, but definitely at least one episode of the podcast weekly moving forward again, uh, as we're here in kind of this, this dead period between sports a little bit. So uh, thanks for, for everyone. Oh, I just realized I've still got storm woods uh, pulled up on the, on the screen, but uh, thanks to, to everyone for chiming in with questions. Thanks for joining us live on YouTube. If you did so, uh, we appreciated the engagement there today. Um, and we'll be back again, either later in the week or on Monday, depending on, how busy signing day proves to be. 
um, for a signing day recap episode of the podcast. But until then, you can follow Angie on Twitter at Angie Machado one. You can follow me at Carter Baines and we'll talk to you again soon for another episode of the damn podcast. Mm-hmm.